Thank you for joining us for another strategic word. Network Edification is committed to the advancement of the kingdom in all spheres through the ministry of God's word, leadership development and church planting. Get ready to be enlightened. I'm going to share this morning is you have to catch the, the spirit of it more than the the Greek and the theology of it. <laughs> um, and the reason for me is that, you know, we are moving into a place of radical manifestation in the body of Christ. We're moving to a place of encounter. Basically, I feel like our generation has done well in rediscovering language, truth, but, you know, the Bible says we worship him in spirit and in truth. Are we together? Okay. So what I want to share this morning is, um, I think about last year, two years ago, we taught on the preeminence of Jesus. Okay. So that, that message is still available. But I'm more focused on exercising his preeminence. You see the difference? So one thing is his preeminence. But then the other is, how do you leave from the place of his preeminence? Because the whole purpose of the preeminence of Jesus is not, is not for you to say Jesus is preeminent. It's for you to say Jesus is preeminent in my life. Do you see what I'm saying? And then it's preeminence, his lordship, they're one and the same. So I'm focused on how we exercise the lordship of Jesus and when messages like this are understood, they're actually quite dangerous. <laughs> they're dangerous because we begin to come into the... That's why I said you have to catch the spirit of the word this morning. We begin to come into the, um, into the, into the realities of how the world around us functions. This is what I'm saying. To start with, let me, let me, let me put some simple things out there. How many of you have ever been in a place, let's say you, you had a bad dream or something was about to happen and then you shouted Jesus and you felt, some of you are smiling already, <laughs> right? And then you felt like when you shouted Jesus, like something happened. You can't explain it, but either you felt peace or you felt deliverance or you felt salvation. Have you had that before? Right? Okay. I think I told you the story of uh you know that time when i was i was this is a lot of encounters so just you know just get ready <laughs> right I, I told that story of that time where i was sleeping in the afternoon this was the day for me even though i knew that jesus was lord definitely after this day i was like if you bring me any other theory go and have my experience come back and tell me i was sleeping in the afternoon and literally i saw my spirit out of my body normal afternoon not it wasn't i didn't watch nollywood <laughs> does that make i didn't watch anything just afternoon i was i was a teenager so my head was clear it's not you know when you're older you you <laughs> you mix things up <laughs> this one clear this one clear so i literally saw my spirit out of my body and when i saw that the interesting thing was that my my spirit looked just like my body that was the, the weird thing. It was so weird. Well, I, I like that spirit and body. Then, you know, not this This one is, this effing vessel must conform. <laughs> right. So it looks just like that. And, um, but what was dividing them was this thin, invisible, you know, thing I couldn't see. But the reality was nobody told me. As soon as I saw it, I knew what it was. And the next thing was I saw my spirit struggling to get back into my body so i was like oh my god what kind of sunday morning <laughs> message is this and i knew that whatever that other side was i wasn't ready to go yet <laughs> so i remember that there was a period where you know that moment where you had those things where you're trying to you're trying to fix something and then you're sweating you know there was that that wow this is serious and so i remember that i literally heard these words you know, when the Bible says that my spirit by the Holy Spirit prays, right? I heard these words and it was, I command you that spirit. I know what that spirit was. 
to let go in Jesus' name. And literally the next thing that happened was in, in, in life now, as soon as that happened, I got off of my bed. I started running. I didn't know where I was running. To. <laughs> I didn't know where I was running to. But what I remember clearly was those words. I commanded that spirit in Jesus' name. Right? I commanded. And I left that encounter. You know, some things are so sacred. I couldn't even share with people. It was so, you know, if you, you know, there's some people that they're still at the very early levels of revelation when everything you see, you say, that's basic. When, when I mean basic, I'm not saying that, you know, it's not spiritual. What I'm trying to say is that there are some things in God, they're too sacred to just open your mouth to say, hey, my, the other day, you know, my spirit came off my body. You know, I mean, you're weird. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So you now understand from, from Paul's perspective when he says, um, I know a man who was caught up in the spirit. There's a realm where you don't say everything that you see and everything that you know spiritually. You get what I'm saying? But I said that to say that for me, that day was so significant because I had said that Jesus was the Lord of my life. I had, we're talking about the Lordship of Jesus. Are we together? Right? Said Jesus was the Lord of my life. I had said all of these things. But in, in that moment, I realized that those are not just confessions. That was power. That was power. And I'm saying that to you to say that as we explore this series, it's, it's, the, it's the power of his lordship that I'm concerned about. Because then when I see so many things around that we experience as believers, sometimes it's so contrary to the one who lords over us. Are we together? So let, let's, let's look at some scriptures quickly and then I'll give you this and then we'll... We'll journey together. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can, we, can, we can pray. So I want us to look at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. I'll read just a couple of scriptures. And then I want us to grab Romans chapter 10, verse 3. I'm still in that, you know, that like keros, seven days of flames mindset, that kind of prayer, you know, thing. So it's the, it's the power of it. Now, if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 3, um, it says, Therefore... I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Someone say the Lordship of Jesus. Yeah. It says no one, no one says by the Spirit of God Jesus is cursed. And then he says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. Then let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Romans 10, verse 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Right? Because, you know, people come to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm born again. I'm born again. What were the things that were responsible for that? It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. The Lordship of Jesus is so central to the life of the believer that right at the core of your receiving of salvation, your, your receiving of salvation is actually dependent on the acknowledgement of his Lordship. Watch this. In other words, Jesus did everything that he did, but if you never acknowledged his lordship, you wouldn't even have a right to say you were saved. Right? Now, what I want you to understand is this, is that Jesus, Jesus, uh, uh, what's the word now? Jesus, well, you guys have kind of set my leeway for me, so it's not that I can move around anyway, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. But well, watch this now. Jesus did everything that he did on the cross. Accomplished everything that he did on the cross. Paid the price by his blood. Um, you know, the Bible says he became sin. Who knew you know sin that we might become his righteousness. He did all of that stuff. Obtained eternal life for us as a high priest. He did all of those things. But the Bible says that in spite of all that he did, <laughs> right, you are not saved until you acknowledge his lordship. Right? 
the, the, the difference between us and those who are not in Christ is it's so interesting. It kind of boils down to these two fundamentals. That's the amazing thing. Jesus has done for the world what he's done for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the difference is, so when we, we've made now, especially those of you that you were born on Sunday in church, on the pulpit and on the altar, there are some things that they are so automatic to you, so sometimes they're not precious. Does that make sense? So you probably, like if you're like me, I filled in Gideon's Bible from, for a long time until I actually properly got saved. You know, some of you don't know Gideon's Bible. <laughs> right, the small Gideon's blue, I think it's blue cover, green cover. Yeah, hotel. yeah, exactly. But then they had this blue small one. Yeah. Maybe it was Nigeria because we need, we need a lot of salvation. So, <laughs> right. Okay. So there's some things that you're, 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 then, then you, you say, I, I accept you. Or no, I make you the Lord of my life. What a blunder. You make him the Lord of your life. But anyway, we're brought up around these things. So we don't understand the power of it. And it's amazing how we could be in the faith so long. Okay. And we are traditional about revelation. And we have no encounter. This is why Jesus said to Peter. Now watch this. The thing that Peter said to Jesus. When Jesus said, would the men say that I am? Peter goes, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus, Jesus gave Peter a, a, a remark. He said, Peter, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. Now, technically... What Peter said, Peter could have heard maybe in one, if Jesus was talking one day, Jesus whispered to someone. I'm just giving examples. And then Jesus, Jesus later came to them and said, who do you say? I'm? Peter just rehearsed what he heard somewhere. Technically, he could have done that. It, it wasn't the fact that Peter, Peter said the right thing, but it's that he got it from the right source. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, it's like, I can say to you now that you know, let's say, for example, that the lordship of Jesus is about his preeminence. Now, someone can take that who's not being saved and go outside and say the lordship of Jesus is about his preeminence. But another person can hear that from their spirit and something opens up to them and they take it from a different realm. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Now, it's the same thing I'm talking to you about this morning, about the lordship of Jesus, that it's so vital that even though it's been around your life, you've, you've known it, you've heard it, you've prayed it basically it is so significant that right at the core of your salvation you have no salvation without the acknowledgement of his lordship in fact if you believe in your heart the word gives us two conditions it says if you if you confess with your mouth the lordship of jesus and believe that god raised him from the dead watch if you believe that god raised jesus from the dead but you don't confess his lordship you're not even saved Right, So you can historically believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Or you can historically believe that Jesus was raised from the dead from a viewpoint of history. But that still wouldn't engraft you into the kingdom. Right? What would actually engraft you into the kingdom is that you come to acknowledge his lordship. Do you know why? Because essentially, I'll give you some, you know, some, some key concepts of lordship. But one of the key things about this idea of lordship is the idea of being under a master. That's what it is. Right? So, the Bible gives us this picture in Colossians chapter 1. It says that God has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the dominion of his son Jesus Christ. Don't say God has delivered us. Not God will deliver us. <laughs> Right? There's whole generation always looking for deliverance. This, that, that God has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated. You see, that, that scripture in Colossians chapter 1, I think Colossians 1, 12 or 13, that scripture is a scripture that helps us understand lordship. Right? If you understand the idea of lordship and then you will understand the, the power of redemption. Right, when you were in the world, when I was in the world before we came to Christ, the reason why we were in the world was because we were under a Lord. <laughs> yeah, 
we're on there is the lord we know the lord yahweh what i'm trying to say to you is that you were under a master in one place the bible says sin shall no longer have dominion sin shall no longer have mastery over you right so now the power of acknowledging it is the it is the it is the lordship of jesus it is the coming under a new master that breaks the hold of sin. The, make no mistake. The Bible shows us this. The Bible calls Satan a prince. Hmm. Yeah, the Bible says that. Jesus says, the prince of this world comes and he finds nothing in me. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, whilst are we together? Do we get this? We're flowing right. Okay, because I, I know I'm saying a lot, but it's, it's going to come together. Trust me, by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right? Okay. So, whilst people are not in christ whilst people are not the reality of the matter is that they operate under the lordship or the dominion of satan what breaks the power of sin is a change in who has mastery over you right so the simple example would be that this is this can be sensitive but back in the day you know in 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 slavery you know people would maybe you know have some slaves and then someone will come and exchange something to purchase the slave and that slave that's purchased now now has a new master and a new owner and sometimes the slave may have been engrafted into the family so when you find paul saying for example a bond servant of jesus christ he's talking along those lines Right? So that slave now that has been bought from a merchant or wherever that person is, now belongs to a new owner. This is one of the concepts of salvation or redemption. That because of Adam's sin, Adam ceded the lawful rights or the legalities of humanity to the enemy. The purpose of redemption is Jesus is paying a price to deliver us from the control, the dominion of Satan. He has delivered us, Rom um, I said Romans, <laughs> Colossians 1. He has delivered us from the power, the control, the domain, the lordship of darkness into the dominion of Jesus Christ. That's, it's called a kingdom exchange. It's called a kingdom transfer. So essentially... What the lordship of Jesus. So to not acknowledge the lordship of Jesus essentially is to remain under the control of the adversary. So that's why it takes his lordship to break the power of sin and darkness. Do you get that? Wow. This is why I want to teach us about exercising lordship. Because there are some things, there are some things in our lives right now, they need the exercising of his lordship. The exercising of his lordship. Right? So when, when, when we see that scripture, where the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the lordship, that means if you, if you activate, if you acknowledge the lordship of Jesus, it says you will be saved. It, it, it actually is a, it's like a principle. It's like a principle. It's a principle. It doesn't just save you in the moment. It continues to save you. Right? It continues to save you. It continues to save you. It continues to save you. You are saved. Don't get me wrong. Do you get what I'm saying? But what I mean is that you continue to experience that salvation by the acknowledging of his lordship. Right? We don't call him Lord at the point of salvation. Right? If, if, if all that his lordship was meant to accomplish was to just save us, then we don't need to keep calling him Lord. Do you see my point? Here is the problem with believers, believers today. It's a problem of imbalance. You know, I was saying a while back that, you know, there's a whole like, Savior, Savior, but not Lord. <laughs> like, he's my Savior, he's my Savior, but he's not my Lord. <laughs> His Lordship, if you, read, if you read in the scriptures, one of the names that God is called the most in the history of scripture is Lord. That name is the, is the name that's invested in the word Yahweh. Or Jehovah. 
right? In, 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 in one place, um, uh, Jesus is challenged and he's challenged about as if he's, he's been a heretic about him maybe being greater than Abraham. And Jesus turns around and says, before Abraham was, he didn't say I was. <laughs> That's interesting. He didn't say I was. He used the very words that God used when God showed up to Moses in the burning bush. He didn't say before Abraham. If he said before Abraham was, I was, I would have been excited. That would have been enough for me to run in that place. Like, wow, the one that was before Abraham. But he said before Abraham was, I am. Logic. <laughs> right? What he's talking about there is, I am Yahweh. That's what he's saying. I am your present hour reality. <laughs> Yahweh. Before Abraham was, I am. That's why they wanted to pick up a stone. And st not even a stone. Like several stones. and st Because you're saying you are Yahweh. But this was one of the names that, that then another, another, um, another word that was used to describe Lord. Um, back in the Old Testament is the word Adon. Similar to the word Adonai. Right? And all these words, they're invested in Jesus. They're invested in Jesus. So now let's come to, we now come to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul speaking about the lordship of Jesus. He said something so powerful. He said, no one speaking, no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. But then he said, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is powerful. This is dynamic. I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, a few years ago, um, one of my, the young people I was mentoring, to be honest, we had a group of young people, and um, they constantly, I don't know, you know, well, we thank God that they found Jesus and Jesus found them. Amen. But I remember that they were going everywhere, laying hands on everybody, prophesying on everybody. It was fresh, but it was also disruptive. <laughs> Right, laying hands on everybody, they meet you on the street, they lay hands on you. Da, 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 da. It was great, but then it got too much after a while. Cause I met guys, mate. The Bible says, Lay no hands, don't, don't lay hands on people suddenly. They were just, if they met you, they'd be like, I have a word for you. Da, da, da. I'm, I'm like, This is fresh, at least thank God they're not, you know. But after a while, it got so we called them to order, and I spoke to them. I was like, I said, Guys, you know, you don't have to lay hands on everything and everyone, it's you can pray without laying hands. So one of them took it seriously. And this guy, you know, back in the day then, he was walking quite powerfully, young guy. So he saw this scripture. He saw this scripture. And he said, wow, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, when I invoke, now I'm talking about exercising the Lordship of Jesus. Now, the guy was trying it. He may not have even been as mature as you. So I'm trying to show you what's so powerful here. The guy had that. And then he went, okay, so... For me to get the Holy Spirit to manifest, I don't need to lay hands. Because no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, if I exercise the Lordship of Jesus, the Holy Ghost is at work. So now, he's praying for someone. And then he goes, Jesus is Lord. And the person falls under the power of God without touching them. I don't know if it's there manifesting. I think so, something like that. But that's a different story entirely. But, so he came back. He was like, wow. He was excited. Because he found something that actually, I don't need to, that by the very utterance and the, now I understood what happened was that because he brought in to the, into the environment, the lordship of Jesus, whatever was contrary in that environment had to, sub, had to submit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? So when we talk about the lordship, I want you to understand, especially those of you who have been brought up in church, there is actual power in his lordship actual power it's not a it's not a it's not don't if you listen to people that take the encounter out of christianity you will get go to heaven but bro you will suffer on earth i said bro <laughs> you will suffer dangerously on earth right so this scripture says no man in other words what the word is showing us here is that the um the revelation of the lordship of Jesus 
is something that the Holy Spirit guards jealously. No one can say that Jesus is Lord. Now, anybody technically could come in here and say Jesus is Lord. But no one can say it sincerely. Someone say sincerely. Except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, one of the things that the Holy Spirit do does in us the most is to amplify the cries of Jesus is Lord. Right? Not just at the point of salvation, but through a lifestyle. So that, truly, as I acknowledge, so Romans chapter, is in Romans 10 we read, right? Romans 10 now becomes a principle for life. Not, not, not just a principle. I, imagine, imagine this, watch this. Imagine that when you, when you walk in, you, you, I don't know, say you walk into your house. Let's say you have several doors and all of that stuff. So you walk into your house. Now, let's say, you're, you have, let's say, you're about four or five keys open different things to your house. So, but you have a main key that opens the, main, the front door. When you walk in and you open the front door with a key, do you say to yourself that I'm not going to use keys anymore? Forget keys. Let me just look at it and then the thing will open. You don't say that. Right? A key got you in. A key will get you inside even more. Right? There are principles that brought you into the kingdom. Those principles will take you further even more. Right? So, what we don't understand is how to exercise logic. And I showed you, why am I teaching, why are we teaching on this, this today? One of the reasons why, when I was doing the stuff for the whole year, I looked and I said, in the year that God is talking about the obedience of nations, obedience, I keep telling you, is atmospheric. The word tells us. The word tells us in, in Ephesians 2. It says, the, it, says, it says, the spirit in the air that works in, in the children of disobedience. In other words, sometimes people sin by just by being in certain environments. Right? Because those environments have been seeded, spiritually speaking. And when the climate, so it's an, an example is, for example, if it's raining outside, it doesn't matter who you are. Christian, Hindu, Jew, <laughs> you, all, you all get wet. Because it's in the atmosphere. But there are ways you can navigate not getting wet. For example, you can get an umbrella and not get wet. If you're me, then, you know, I don't use such. But anyway, right? You, do you see what I'm saying? You can drive in a car, even though it's in the, in the atmosphere, and still not get affected and not get wet. Do you there are things you can do to navigate it, right? But for you as a Christian, you don't need to, you can control atmospheres. But what governs atmospheres for you as a believer in your house, in your home, in your space, is understanding the idea of lordship. The idea of who rules over, who owns. When you think of the idea of, of a lord, is a lawful owner. He's a lawful owner. So the church has spoken about the lordship of Jesus Christ. But all we have done with the lordship of Jesus is limited to salvation. But God then has been teaching us because those moments where we had those scary dreams and we shouted Jesus, what we didn't realize was that we invoked lordship. But we invoked it reactively. But you can invoke it proactively. Right? So that means you're about to start a new season of your life. Right? Like you started a new year. You say, in the, you say, I exercise the lordship of Jesus over this territory, over my body. Are we together? Does it, is this making sense? That's why I said it's about the excellence exercise. Exercise. I like theology a lot, though, don't get me wrong. But if we don't push the church to a place of exercising the word, we will, be, we will be full of theology, but no experience, no encounter. Right? That's why it's possible for the words to say, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, but yet, it feels like we're not. Yet, it feels like we're not. It says, if you, if you confess the logic of Jesus, let me give you a little bit about that word, confess. That word, confess the logic, logic of Jesus. It's a, it's a word um, in the Greek that connotes speaking the same thing in agreement and by consent. That's what it means. Confession, you know, when, when you obviously have grown up in the kind of circles, when they go confess, 
<laughs> you know when you hear the word confess, or maybe like <laughs> your parents look, you've done something wrong. Your parents look at you, confess. <laughs> so that word confession, many times we look at it as as just a uh, what's the word now? Yeah, we look at it as just a, a word that speaks of maybe divulging something sinful, something negative. Right? But this is not the confession the word is talking about here. It's that word um, homologia. Okay? And that word just means, it means saying, it's a Greek word, it means saying the same thing in agreement. So, now watch this. When he says, for example, if you confess the lordship of Jesus, notice it is not your confession that makes Jesus Lord. So you, gotta, you, you have to understand what's going on here. When he says, if you confess the lordship of Jesus, it is not your confession that makes Jesus Lord. Jesus is already Lord. Your confession is in agreement with the fact that he is Lord. So that means you're actually saying the same thing that God is saying. We teach people about confession and repentance, but we don't teach them this part of confession. That after you have said, God, I did this, God, I'm sorry, then you have to say the same thing that God is saying. That even though I am sorry, I am your righteousness because you say I am your righteousness. It's part of confession. It's saying the same thing in agreement with consent. Are we together? So the word says now, it says that if we confess, if we confess, you don't just confess it once. Right? Jesus says, why call me Lord, Lord? And not do that constant confession you know was it last year we, we, we when was it that we sang you guys remember um you are my lord there was a time i you know we sing every time right that was that was provoking things that was taking pressure of people does that make sense people don't understand today no no one apart from god can exist without lordship or covering Right. So you're forget someone comes and says, Hey, I'm a free spirit. My friend, you're not a free spirit though. <laughs> you're not a free spirit. Someone says, I'm independent. Of what? Of who? You are not independent. What do you mean you're independent? Right? Have you can you are you are you controlling all your cravings? Are you controlling all does that have you taken total mastery, total mastery of yourself? You're not independent. You're subject to a reality that's higher than you. We just need to find which reality it is. Right? There's something about, 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 about this, this mission that's being taught today. And there are so many areas that we can take this revelation of the Lordship of Jesus in our lives. In our health, we can exercise His Lordship. In our health, we can exercise His Lordship. Right? Think of, I want you to think of two, two realities. Think of this, this, the example of, of two masters. Right? One in his house is a, is a wicked man. One in his house is a, is a terror. Now, we know that Satan is not Yahweh. I hope you understand what I'm saying. We know that he is not the Lord God Almighty. We need to make that very clear. Right? But when you use this, this example, you have, you have one master who is, who is wicked and doesn't feed his, his, his servants and all of these things and and he batters them and he bruises them. You have another master who is completely kind and merciful and favorable. And he's, this is the picture. Now imagine this, this, this kind master, this good master, purchases a slave or a servant from this wicked master. The experience of that slave changes immediately. Not because they've done anything themselves or because of who they're under. So you can't tell me that I come under the lordship of Jesus and have the very same experiences that I had when I wasn't in Christ. It doesn't make sense to me. This is what makes healing possible. It's what makes miracles. Do you know, even, even this thing that we have complicated in the body of Christ. My message is not about healing and miracles. I want you to understand. But even before people knew the ABCs of the kingdom, as meeting Jesus, they got healed. Just because they came under a different lord. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Today, we have to do healing school, you know, five steps of healing, 20 steps of breakthrough, da, da, da. There was none of that. The centurion understood a principle. He said, I'm a man under authority. You see that? 
He said, I'm a man under authority. Remember the centurion Wood 7 was sick? He went to Jesus. He understood his, his training made him understand spiritual principles. He said, Jesus, Jesus was like, hey, let me, let me come to you. He said, Jesus, don't, don't stress. <laughs> he said, Jesus, don't stress. The man, if I was teaching on faith this morning, the man customized his, 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 his own. He, you know, when you go somewhere, um, where was this? Uh, I, I, how many of you know Pinkberry? Oh, Shatalama. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, you know. It's, Pinkberry is amazing. So, after, after years of, Pinkberry used to be in uh, Westfield. They had the shop. But then, I didn't find them. But then, when we went to record for Crossover, I found them. I was so excited. I was, they, they thought, the guy spoke to the guy. The guy would have thought that he was my relative who I'd been looking for. I was like, wow, you're here. And what happened was that we found a, a guy who was working with it. And immediately I was like, that's Pinkberry's top. I was like, he was like, yeah, go there. Right. I said that for his. What was I saying before that? I got so excited in that. Yeah, customize. Yeah. So when you go to Pinkberry, they ask you, how do you want your yogurt? It's yogurt with a, with a mystery, right? You, no, no, it's yogurt with a, it's a deep mystery. They ask you, do you want berries on it? Do you want this on it? So you customize your, the way that you want it. You don't, ha- you don't have to have the same thing everybody has. You know, we can all be saved but have different experiences based on our, on our inside in God. Right? So somebody else might have taken 20 years to accomplish something. No. Bro, it's the level of, it might be the level of their understanding. Jesus legit wanted to walk to the centurion's house. The guy said, don't bother. I have faith for you not to walk the way. Just speak. I have faith for you to speak. That's what, can you imagine? Jesus shows us a principle there. That a lot of the things that we say, oh, is God, is God. No, it's the level of the light. The level of the understanding. The level of the insight. To which level can I believe God? To which level do I understand God? Right? So this guy says, he says, he says to Jesus, he says, I am a man under authority. He says, and I say to one servant, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. The guy saying, listen, I, I speak, I say whatever, and because these people are under me, they move. Now, he's trying to say to Jesus, you're Lord. That's what he's trying. He's saying, so as Lord, surely, someone say surely. <laughs> he's trying to say, surely, I'm using all our languages to help us understand it. <laughs> okay, Surely, you can say, because all these things are under your command, these are not things that, these, these, are, not, these are not flukes. These are not accidents. These are not like things that, do you understand what I'm saying? These are not things that maybe once in a while. No, he's saying they're at your disposal. So you can literally speak a word as Lord at your disposal. And that guy, because of his, of his understanding of, of, of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, he experiences God in a very different way. The Holy Spirit in this year of Yeshua, the obedience of nations, He's so committed to bringing us into the exercise of his lordship. Right? Meaning that there are things that we can begin to advance in God simply because we understand not five steps of this. Sometimes the steps are so complicated now. They're tiresome. I like steps, don't get me wrong. But too many stairs are not good. (laughs) At some point, I need a lift. What you need this year is a lift. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, seriously, if you want to climb stairs, climb stairs. But what you need this year is a supernatural lift, not 500 steps. And just this mystery alone, you can take this mystery of his lordship, shut yourself in for three days and say, I'm going to settle some things. I'm going to settle some things. I'm not going to pray. I'm at that point now, I don't, I don't pray too many prayers. In the beginning, God said, no, 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 no. Just calm down. Just find one clear, coincise revelation that you want to apply and stick with it. One final word. That one word from God is enough. 
And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about creating. You see, sometimes we're too, we're too focused on solving, 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 that we don't create. I'm talking about creating. When I use the word create, I'm talking about shaping the next phase that God is taking you and I. Uh, um, a leader said something. He said God had spoken to him so much about growth and church growth and expansion. And he had all of these encounters. I think he said that. I can't remember exactly, but when the Lord called him to plant churches, he said, at least from what I remember, I believe he said he had about an 18-hour encounter. So, you know, when you, when you, okay, let, to not exaggerate, let's say, I think it's 18 from my remember. Let's say he had, even if it's five hours, let's say it's a lot. So, imagine you have a five-hour, five hours is a lot, encounter. You know, what you're expecting after that straight away is that the next person you touch they just melt. So the guy said, church started now. He said, church wasn't growing. So one day, he goes to the Lord, and then he goes, God, like, why is this church not growing? And then he says now, the Lord literally, as he says that, the Lord opens his eyes and says, here is the cloud of darkness that the enemy has put over this church. Now, the guy had... The guy had hours of encounter. But the Lord shows and says, this is the layer of darkness. The, the layer of darkness was over the building of the church. And the Lord said, now command it. Now notice, God didn't say, I will command it. Right? At, at babyhood, God commands it for you. Because he's feeding you. At mature stages, he says, you do me proud. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? He says, handle it. God says, command it. And the guy said, as he commanded it, the thing rolled like a carpet before his eyes. Open vision. And the Lord said to him, he said, now that's done. He says, now keep sowing the seed, the word, and the church. We'll go one of the largest churches we're speaking about in the world today. Right. God spoke. Now, when I say that about the church, we think, oh, that's church. But what about your work, your walk? What about your life? What about your family? What about your business? What about, does that make sense? What about the call of God on your life? Like there has to be the regular exercising of his lordship. God says, command it. It rolls like a cup. And the guy now says, God now. Now, what's so interesting is the guy had been preaching before. The guy had been teaching before. But, but God now says, now, under this clear heavens, under this open heavens, under this atmosphere where authority has been exercised, now plant the word. What we do sometimes is this, is that imagine that the world is like a field that has not been cultivated with thorns. What we do is we take good seed. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That's why I said that. I wanted you to catch the spirit... Please, if you want to understand the preeminence of Jesus, go on network edification. <laughs> Seriously, because the message is there. Because I didn't want to repeat what we taught you last year. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go on and understand the core kind of like theology of that. But this one I'm teaching about the exercise. You get it? So imagine now you get this field potential. Or think of a house. Huge space. 10 bedrooms. 12 bedrooms. Amen? <laughs> All right. Okay, but then this, this house is old. Then imagine the next thing, you bring all new equipment, new furniture, new things, everything. You don't renovate, you don't paint. Does that make sense? The things that you now do, maybe the person that had it before used it for certain things or certain things you want to do, you don't check. You understand? And then you now begin to sow. You don't clear that atmosphere first. So now you're like... Ah, but I'm sowing. But what are you sowing on? But I'm giving. What are you giving into? But I'm praying. But that's why me, someone comes in and says, Apostle, can you fast for me? Can you pray for me? There's something, but I don't really want to say, but can you agree with me in prayer? No, that's, that's hunger strike. I need to know, <laughs> for example, if, for example, you're praying that God would divide someone who's about to get married so they can marry you. How do I know? Seriously. Seriously. 
So I just go, if you want me to agree, tell me now. So I'm saying now. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. And you don't know what I'll be praying for you, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> I must not tell you straight. So, but this whole thing about exercising his lordship is about, you know, conditioning. I don't want, want us to sound like overly spooky, but it's about knowing how systems work and things work and really bringing Jesus into those places and into those environments so that as you do what you do, the Holy Spirit, wherever the Lordship of Jesus, wherever Jesus is exalted, the Holy Spirit is attracted. Right? Wherever Jesus is exalted, the Holy Spirit is where? Yeah. No one says that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. So, hey, how, if you want to see, for example, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life this year, more than ever before, increase your acknowledgement and your lifestyle of lordship. If you acknowledge his lordship, you have to do what he says. Jesus says, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? The obedience of nations will be preceded by the acknowledgement of his lordship. The obedience of nations, and when we say obedience of nations, it's not just nations, it's our obedience, our compliance. It comes because we recognize the one with whom we have to do. So when he goes left, when he goes left, I go left. When he goes right, I go, I go right. I was sharing with, um, with, with someone. I said to them that, me, I don't think I have, I have it in me to fight God. You know, some people say, I was fighting God the other day. I'm like, thank God for your life. I'm like, wow, bro. Like, <laughs> you're, 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 me, that, that thing, it died a long time ago. I know when it died. I can tell you the year. No, seriously. I can tell you the year. It died. I can tell you the situation that killed it. And I was like, yeah, he's Lord. Some people say, you know, I was fighting God. Me and God were really interesting. I fight with God sometimes. I'm like, hmm. I said, God, you're partial, you know, because <laughs> you didn't give me this fighting opportunity. <laughs> I mean, you met people like that before. And my relationship with God is so interesting. I wasn't talking to God the other day. I'm like, hmm? Okay. Thank God. We bless God for your life. <laughs> Some of us cannot afford not to talk to God. We'll be itchy. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be uncomfortable. You'll see it. You'll see it on our faces that we haven't prayed. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll be moody. We'll be, so, but you, that, ah, you cannot talk to God. Thank God for your testimony. But some of us... But there must be nothing in you as part of this acknowledging of his lordship. There must be nothing in you that desires to rebel against God. A few years ago, I was in a conversation and we are talking about the will of God in marriage with some people. And in my viewpoint, um, I believe that one of the reasons why people pray before they get married is because they are asking God what he thinks. For you to say God then doesn't have a direction or God doesn't tell you who you marry, then it doesn't make sense to me because you don't need to pray. Because are you praying to inform God? But anyway, that's a different topic altogether. <laughs> yeah, God for your information. I found him. I found her. So God leads you. I believe that. If God has a plan for you for this and that, then... I, <laughs> you say God, God, God chose what ministry you should go into. God chose what then, but then life partner now he doesn't choose, which is probably more important than the ministry. But anyway, let's leave that. Then there's not so much trouble to be caused this year. Don't worry, I'm coming. I'm just taking a, a tiny social media break. End of January, we're coming. <laughs> right? Okay. So I was talking, and they were, I was saying to them about, and they're like, "What if God gives me something that I don't like?" I'm like, "So you so trust yourself." More than you trust God. That God can, how can God give you something you don't like? Can, I can't even imagine God giving me something I don't like. Do I even know me without God? Does that make sense? Do I know me? Uh, a few years ago, you thought you, you like light-skinned people. Then now, four years later, you see that you have a problem that is dark-skinned. Do you even know what you want? <laughs> right? Do you know what you want? Right? A few years ago, you liked some type of food. Now, ah, now, whenever you see the food. I mean, without God, we are complex. 
without God. We are so confused. And so, so when someone says, what if God gives me something I don't like? It is one of the highest levels of pride that you think that your creator can give you something that you don't like. That means the issue is not God. The issue is your like. <laughs> the issue is not God. The issue is your, your, your desire is the problem. But when this revelation of his lordship comes, and why do people stumble outwardly? Because they stumble inwardly. Jesus says, the prince of this world comes, and he finds nothing in me. In this revelation of, of his lordship, in this year of Yeshua, the obedience of nations, right? Everything that's contrary, to, it, it, like, they, you must mortify you must mortify. And this is what brings us then into transcendent levels of seeing his glory as his lordship is invoked. But you can take this revelation of his lordship in different areas, in your body, in your health. You can go, he's lord over my body. And if he's lord over my body, definitely. This is what the woman with... Um, no, not the woman who said those two. There's another one. What's not issue of blood? The one who said, "My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil." The there's a particular name. I don't want to pronounce it. It's it's S Y C H, something like that. O F E. All right. Anyway, basically, but there was this woman <laughs> who came to Jesus and said her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil, and Jesus said to her, He said, "It is not right to give the food that is meant." For the, um, for the children to dogs. Jesus, in that example, called the woman a dog. Now, that's when you leave the church. Because the senior pastor has just likened it to a dog. But that wasn't what Jesus was saying. Now, Jesus was revealing something so powerful. At that time of Jesus' ministry, he was sent only to the lordship of the house of Israel. I keep showing, you see, a lack of adventure in your faith will cost you. This is, I just shifted into something, but I want to be myself back so I don't get distracted. Now, in that, Jesus was sent to the Lordship of the house of Israel. That woman was a Gentile. So what Jesus was trying to say is that at this period of ministry, my focus is the Israelites. The woman came as a Gentile wanting Jesus to minister to her. And Jesus shows us a powerful principle. Jesus says, I can't give what belongs to the children to the dogs. The woman said, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Jesus said, oh woman, great is your faith. Jesus shows us that the law of faith surpasses. This is why David, <laughs> David by faith in the old covenant is living almost as if it's a new covenant. He's living cross dispensationally. Although he's in the old covenant, He's saying, this thing have I desired that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He's saying, the Lord, I, taught you, I taught you at Kiros. He's saying, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Till I, he's seen revelations of the new covenant. Psalm 110, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Till I make your enemies your footstool. That's the revelation of the Father and the Son. He's in a dispensation. He's saying, I've made you a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. He's speaking about the Christ. This woman crosses dispensations. This one, remember the one I'm talking about, the woman with the crumbs? She crosses dispensation by faith and brings a reality into the present day that was meant for another time as much as she could because of faith. Someone said as much as she could. And that woman said, well, even the crumbs, she was trying to say that the type of Lord determines the experience. determines the experience so the holy spirit is not just is not just excited to say your body is his temple no he's lord over your body right he's not just excited to say he's lord he's lord over your body and then it's like oh just live righteous but don't live healthy that's not a good reflection of his lordship how god anointed jesus with the holy spirit and power he went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil he can be lord over your body and oppress your body at the same time it's contrary see the reason why you have to hear these things carefully because 
what has been the defense system that has been built against manifestation in the body of Christ is strategically satanic. Right? It's strategically there is and, and a lack of manifestation, what it does is it fosters pretense. It fosters pretense. Because there are no results. The lack of fruitfulness is frustrating. <laughs> are we together? A lack of because you read stuff you don't experience. It's like this doesn't make sense to me. You read stuff you don't experience, you read stuff you don't see. But this is why we're pushing for the obedience this year. But to bring all of this together so that we can pray. There's something so powerful about the Lordship of Jesus. Something so powerful about the Lordship of Jesus. In, in your walk, in your week, in your year, I want you to be conscious. You have an experience. God said, and there are not two masters here. <laughs> right? When, when you have made, when you've made that declaration of Jesus being Lord of your life, you have crossed into a, a zone of superiority. Said, and there are not two masters here. Uh, one of this, 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 this leaders said he was with someone, someone was happy, and the rest was like, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, it was like, once is enough. It's okay, like, don't abuse it. Just once is enough. Right. Whatever the, the history is, I'm focused on the exercise. Whatever the history is, you can go and say, hey, like, the Lord determines the experience. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, and the Lord is that Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3. And the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. So if the Lord is that spirit and the spirit of the Lord is here, then the liberty has to be expressed. Where is the liberty? I do not have the liberty and say, I'm born again. No, where is the liberty? For where the Lord is, <laughs> and the Lord is that spirit. So you maybe have it because you know what? Spirits to spirits, they influence outcomes. So you're seeing an outcome in your life. You don't agree with, you're like, no, 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 no. The Lord is that spirit. Does that make sense? You, you're able to look at it and you're like, no, no, this, this, this doesn't make sense. You're like, no, the Lord is that spirit that I am yielded to. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord over this circumstance. Jesus is Lord over this house. Does that make sense? And you would see by the faithful exercise of this, you would, the, the re, kind of results that maybe you've been trying to I don't know, like gather effort for push. Because at some point you realize, you know it, you're like, man, this thing is unusually tough. Do you, do you get that? You're like, I'm using all of this. It's, you need to understand, the, listen to me. Like if I take this, that door doesn't have a key. So that, that, that doesn't make sense. But if the door to your house, if I take a knife and I stab the thing, if I take a hammer, if I take a ball and kick it, it's not all of those things. If I just find the key, and I simply put the key in the door and I open it. Effort is not required as such. Because I found the key that opens the door. Right? When the Bible says in the book of Philippians that wherefore God exalted him and gave him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It's a key for the believer. Right? The revelation of his name is the revelation of his lordship when you invoke his name. That's why in those times you're in a scary whatever dream and all of that, you shout Jesus. Even though you don't fully comprehend what happened was you invoke his lordship. When he stepped on the scene, every other thing that was not like him had to bow. But you did that in reaction, in fear. What if you live that by faith? What if you live that by faith? What if you leave that by faith? What if you leave that by faith? There are no two lords. Yahweh is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord God Almighty. When you, when you say Yahweh, you're talking about the self-existing one. He doesn't. God comes into the room. You want to start something. Yeah, I need this. I need that. I need that. I need this. I need this. When the self-existing one comes in contact with you, those things begin to show up because they're in him. 
Does that make sense? They begin to show up because they, it's, it's, the, it's what you provoke. It's, it's how you know how to exercise. That's why I keep telling people that the name of Jesus is not just a tool. The name of Jesus is what you bear. It's a name that you put on. But this is the most powerful revelation of it all. The measure, let's rise to our feet, or the degree to which you are submitted to his lordship is the measure to which his lordship is revealed over your life. Do you get that? The measure to which you are submitted to his lordship is the measure to which his lordship is revealed and manifested in my study last night i saw something so powerful this is this is if, if there's anything i want you to remember is this if he is not lord of all he is not lord at all do you get that if he is not lord of all he's not lord at all so if he's not lord of all areas of my life then he really isn't lord so if I give this to him but I don't give that to him, he really isn't Lord. If he is not Lord of all, Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that the word will bear maximum fruit in your life. Let us know how this message has impacted you. For more information about our ministry and events, visit our social media handle at Network Edification or send us an email on admin at networkedification.org Network Edification Advancing the Kingdom in all sphere of influence